a green Dodge Intrepid was found abandoned at Peachtree Landing in South Carolina, a few miles from Myrtle Beach. The car was locked, and when opened, there were no identifiable possessions inside, but police quickly linked the car to 20-year-old Heather Elvis, who had disappeared the day before. Authorities began a missing persons investigation in an attempt to locate Heather, but to this day, her whereabouts after the night of December 18th remain unknown. What is known, however, is that she went on a first date the night prior to her disappearance, and cell phone records show that she was in contact with Sidney Moorer, a married man she had been involved in an affair with that same night. What really happened to Heather Elvis? Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. It's like, we know, but we don't know exactly. Like, that's, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And thank you to the listeners who gave us this episode recommendation. Yes. Yes, this was another suggestion in our DMs, not another true crime on Instagram. Um, Thank you for that. Great case. Uh, A lot of our research for this one comes from ABC. They just did this, like, extremely thorough article. Um, and they, there's also, I think, a Dateline episode or, or something that you can watch about this on Hulu. You know, yeah, Hulu always gets you the fix you need. It, right? Hulu, it just always comes through. Um, and also, shouts out to everybody in the Facebook group, not another true crime group. I was like, hey, what's a, what disappearances do you want us to cover? And I got like 600 responses. You guys are the best. So we're adding those all to our list. I was going to say, we're covered for a while. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we're just a disappearance podcast now, and it's just these suggestions. I'm mine. Like, we pretty much could. But let's, I mean, without further ado, I guess, it's it's a weird short week. Oh, I, that's the chaos of this week. I just can't wait for literal, like, my roof to cave in on me. I'm just waiting for that. Oh, yeah, it's already happened. I feel like I had a breakdown at 1130 in the morning wait, yesterday. So, oh, yes, 1130. Yes, that is the time. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. See, I don't I don't know what it was about that time, but I guess everybody was like, oh, I have to do a job. <laughs> Fuck that. The summer ending hit too real. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even a summer real. person, but I think it's just that. You know, I feel like this year I've always been like, I love summer. I don't get why people like are like, oh, I want fall this year. I was like, you know what? I get it. I'm tired of being drenched in my own sweat mm-hmm. constantly. I'm tired of just being oppressed by the heat or the freaking floods. Like I'm over it. Truly, it's like it's, it's summer's not fun when it's also the apocalypse. Right. Exactly. I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I get it. Bring on a sweater. Bring oh. on a denim jacket. God, bring on a hot toddy. Yes, please. Right. I'm like, I can't deal with this shit anymore. But what I can deal with. Is talking crime, yes. Is is talking crime, always, always. So let's talk about Heather a bit. She was born on June 30th, 1993. She was the oldest daughter of Terry and Debbie Elvis. And she has a younger sister, Morgan, and an older brother, Christopher. She grew up in Horry County, South Carolina, and graduated from St. James High School in 2011. Shout out. And then this is from an article I found on Myrtle Beach Online, another very comprehensive article if you guys want to read. So Heather was kind of interesting because she was considered shy by some, but she was still like kind of edgy enough to work at the Tilted Kilt, which 
if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, I think it's like a Southern chain and it's kind of like a Hooters, but like schoolgirl esque With a kilt. I'm like, because I was picturing it's like a Scottish yeah. Hooters. I don't know if that's totally. Oh, good question. Yeah. I don't know if it's Scottish or just like a schoolgirl fantasy, but that's kind oh. of the vibe. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a bar, or like a, you know, like a sports bar type atmosphere, mm-hmm. but the waitresses wear skimpy clothes. It's kind of the appeal. Um, she waited tables there. Uh, she had also recently been hired as a makeup artist before her disappearance. Into that. And this is something that it's funny because uh, Myrtle Beach Online pointed this out as sort of a sign of her being a bit of a wild child. But to us, it's just, oh, she's a millennial because she had a few tattoos. Uh- she had one on her forearm, one on or a few on her ribs, and one also on her upper right thigh. Ooh, I know. It is funny, like, every generation where, like, yeah, tattoos are just tattoos, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, so she was a person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, they have tattoos, they will never get a job. Uh, I think all of my bosses have had tattoos. Oh, yeah, right? Um, She, so this is interesting. April Stoddard, who's a family friend, said that she seemed like the quiet one until you got her started. And she seemed like you had to get her to come out of her shell just a little bit. And then she would release and start talking. Relatable. I mean, that's who, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Yeah, relatable. She enjoyed hanging out with her friends and her coworkers at the Tilted Kilt. And they were pretty like tight. And her dad also said that she loved working with kids and she would take care of the children at the church that she attended Aww. from time to time. So, you know, just kind of a girl, just living her, living her effing life, having fun. Yeah. Pretty much like a normal, what, 20 year old? Yeah, 20. And that's what like got me extra interested in this case and also extra freaked out because how it happened is just a thing normal 20 year olds do or her final night that we uh, are talking about is just, you know, she just on December 17th, she went on a dinner date, which is who, who has not, you know? Right. So her and her date, they walk through the neighborhood looking at Christmas lights. That's a very cute date idea, too, by the way. Cute date. Love yeah. it. She, uh, during, on the date, she texted her dad a picture of her learning how to drive a stick, like stick shift, uh, writing, just learn to drive stick. I'm a pro. I don't know how to do that, so hats off to her. Yeah, I, I do not know how. No. Uh, at the- I also love that their date included a learning activity. That's a good bonding it is, moment. It is like a cute, and I feel like it kind of reminds me like, life like hallmark christmas movie of just like you've never been yes. on a stick shift like christmas falling down <laughs> they're not in the christmas. city you know what i mean it really is a heaven. <laughs> yeah it's so true very holiday i love it so the, very holiday not the holiday because uh england's uninvolved but uh <laughs> at the end of the day her date dropped her off in the stick shift at home kind of seemed like a very normal whole situation Yes. And also to be clear, her date is not the man with him. She was having an affair. No. So do not deactivate. If you just deleted hinge, redownload it or bumble or whatever you use. Ah. I mean, use caution, but that's not where this story goes. (laughs) Uh, Because the next day on December 18th, her green Dodge Intrepid was found at Peachtree Landing and Heather was not seen since. And a little bit, because I know obviously Peachtree Landing. I mean, I... Yeah, I was like, what is that? Yeah, if, if, you, if you don't weirdly live in this specific area, uh, we can fill you in. It's a ramp that leads to a waterway about eight miles away from Myrtle Beach. So sort of just like a very, no, a very random area just to leave a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Then two days later on December 19th, so a day after she went missing, Terry got a visit from the police asking about Heather's whereabouts since his vehicle was abandoned. And Terry is her dad. Terry's the dad. He does. He's doing the state. Yes. And he like, I think his name was still on the car or something. So that's why he got notified. And he knew something was wrong immediately. This is really not one of those cases where it's like, who did it? We have no idea. Uh, exactly. It's not, we're not going to run down the list of like 85 DB Coopers. Uh- <laughs> No, right? Or just like be mystified like Bryce Les Pisa. Oh, God. I know people put about him in the group. I'm like, we know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So there, there's two suspects and they became known fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So it came out that Heather was having an affair with a man by the name of Sidney Moore. He is married or yeah, I guess is still married um, with three kids. And this was really not, again, a well-kept secret. It was really just kind of openly known, at least among her coworkers at the Tilted Kilt. Um, Brianna Colzer, who was Heather's roommate and coworker, told 2020, we all knew about it because people did make fun of Heather knowing that he was a married man. And um, she added that, she was called multiple names by girls we worked with. And she said that one day, two of the girls decided to call the tilted kilt and pretend to be Tammy, Sydney's wife. And we will get into Tammy <laughs> shortly. We'll get into Tammy. We'll get also, into uh, Tammy. These coworkers. I mean, I guess don't call people names to the, don't, don't, don't do prank. I mean, phone call calls. him the name. Yeah. Like he's the one with the commitment. He's the one married with three kids. Not exactly. Yeah. Call him the name. Mm-hmm. And that's on gender equality. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so they were they were kind of coworkers, I think. Other other outlets like reference that they met at work and that he was working there. He was at the time a maintenance worker. And if my math is correct, he was maybe 17 years older think, than Heather. Yeah. But definitely like a lot older. And he also had an affair before Heather. His wife was already kind of suspicious. So you know, just a, a real prince over here. Yeah, I have a crowd pleaser. And Heather and Sydney dated for about three months in 2013 when Tammy confronted Heather over the phone. That's terrifying. Yes. And Brianna said that Tammy belittled Heather and made it seem like she was just a booty call, um, which is embarrassing enough. But then apparently Tammy just wouldn't let it go. She... <sighs> started calling and texting Heather nonstop. Brianna said this would go on for hours and hours and she would disparage her on social media, make all these posts, you know, talking shit about her even worse. And this is like, honestly, I don't know what the word is, but like just deeply disturbed is that she would also send Heather pictures and videos of herself and Sydney performing sexual acts it's just just truly vile. Like you're already married. You got you got this guy. He's not a prize, but he's yours. So and you want him. Why do you need to rub it in? Yeah. So exactly. So you 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 want to stay with this man. Do not stop texting this woman, this girl. Right. And apparently, according to Brianna, Heather was both sad about the breakup and she was also just genuinely scared of Tammy. I mean, there's no way around like Tammy was harassing and threatening her. <laughs> like that's right. <laughs> it's the thing where it's right. like where you go like 
having an affair is not a crime, but uh, threatening people is. Right. Okay. So speaking of Tammy, we got to talk a little bit about Tammy. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine Tammy, too, from Parks and Rec. Literally. And then just put her in like a guest spot on Criminal Minds. And that's this lady. Wow. That is truly the Venn diagram of this Tammy. Right. And also of my interests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is your entire D- If DVR was still a thing, that would be your DVR. Now I'm making <laughs> really? the TiVo sound in my head. Um, so Tammy, very much a Tammy, like Sarah said. Prosecutors would uh, started to say, they would later argue at trial that she was the dominant partner in the relationship where she was controlling. And Sydney was more of the submissive one who just went around, along with whatever she said, kind of, so basically Tammy was the one who was calling all the shots. Yeah, I think this bitch was, like, also very scary, but she was calling all the shots. I mean, her name is Tammy. Tammy, I, I, Tammy just terrifies me. <laughs> it's just a, you can't yeah. go around that. It's just a terrifying name. True. Do I know any nice, sweet Tammies? I don't know. I think it goes one of two ways. I actually don't think I no. know a Tammy. So there's also... Th- yeah, I don't know any personally. Yeah. Uh, so... Prosecutor said that Tammy took Sidney's phone away and told him he couldn't work at the Tilt to Kilt anymore and handcuffed him to the bed at night. It's a layer. Yikes. I mean, I'm like, okay, if you're into it, but the way it was framed was very much not like a, this is a kinky thing. This is like a, you can't leave. Oh, exactly. I, we don't kink shame here on Not Another True Crime Podcast as long as <laughs> both don't. of you want to have the handcuff situation going on. Right, right. Which right. I don't think Sydney wanted to yes. be handcuffed at night just to sleep in his bed. Yeah, it sounded a little like less than consensual. Mm. So that is a mm-hmm. huge yikes moment. I also just have a Tammy. photo pulled up of Tammy just and she's just staring at me. I need to close it out. Oh, wait, I need to look up what she looks like. I mean, can I say it is exactly earlier. what you're picturing? So that oh just God, lets you I know. can't wait. Yeah. So while you Google Tammy, I'm going to say they also allege that Tammy forced Sydney to get a tattoo of her name on his lower abdomen. Yikes. This eyeliner. The this eyeliner. one has like raccoon eyeliner in her mugshot. That, which I mean, hey. Ugh. Also, I got to say like, ugh, Heather was so cute. What was she doing with this weirdo? Well, and also more so it's like, ugh. there are two, I mean, 20 is you're an adult, but 20, I mean like, 40 year olds with a tw- like why are you if you're 40 do not text a 20 year old all these like random things just move yeah. on move on and pay your HO and pay yes. your mortgage pay your mortgage uh so yeah. yeah so this lower abdomen uh to make sure like we not the lower abdomen I'm sorry wait we glossed over that for a second first of all it sounds painful what what kind of weird ass tattoo? Oh, now I'm going to alienate people who have lower abdomen tattoos, but I just feel like that's a weird spot. It's just a, that's the thing. I don't know. I never like, I also just feel it's the spot that switches a lot. Holiday seasons, you know, it's the spot that gets hit with the c- Christmas cookies. So it's a very fluctuating spot what? for a tattoo. Oh, I see. I see. I was imagining sort of like a pelvic bone tattoo, but yeah, oh. what is a lower abdomen? I th- like your yeah, like your stomach. I think it's kind of like where the happy trail situation is for the, or whatever ew, that's called. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> like oh, and it just that's says so trashy. Tammy. I'm reading Tammy yeah, and like so lights like Roxy on Chicago. Uh so it's really I'm dead. That is so funny. She really marked your territory. Really marked the territory. <laughs> and she also accompanied him <sighs> whenever he traveled outside the house. I'm assuming not when he went to work for these moments, how the affair could have happened. Their son's friend. Jacob Melton 
testified that Tammy said, if you wouldn't have messed with that girl, this wouldn't be happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer to people. Also, like, why are you saying this to this, your son's friends? Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know if he overheard that and maybe the son overheard it and told his friend or something like that or just told right. the son's friend. The weird I don't that. know. And there is a disclaimer I forgot to add that uh, Sydney might have gotten the tattoo before he met Heather, but uh, mm. still just in general that he had to get the tattoo there. Very interesting. Okay, as a side note, I do want to say that I went down a deeper Google image search of Tammy at Sydney and... There was a point at which he had a beard and hair. Okay. So I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. I would give the credit back, but like, God, like, what is that like to realize that someone has a tattoo of their wife's name? Like what? Probably like underneath their belly button. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's hard out there. He's as rough. Now I'm really deep down a rabbit hole. I can't wait to find out more, but we're going to tell you more of what we know know about this disappearance. So as we kind of mentioned, Tammy was allegedly kind of harassing Heather, which is just like, honestly, lady relax. Like it was a three month affair. And also this is your husband. Like, yeah, he was a willing participant in this. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Again, Hey, you're more, let it go or let him go. But like, don't harass this poor 20 year old. Yeah. What are you getting out of that? Well, I I can guess what she's getting out of it because she seems like the type to get enjoyment. But in any case, by December, the Moors had seemingly left Heather alone finally for a time. A a moment. Meanwhile, they went on a road trip to California and they bought a new black Ford F-150. I don't know what that looks like, but it's a black car. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. And just to backtrack to the disappearance. So Heather's car was found on December 19th and it seemed to be working. Okay. There was air in the tires. The windows were intact. The doors were locked, but there was no sign of Heather or her belongings, but there was also no sign of a struggle. There was like no broken glass or any blood for instance. So police found out about the Moors pretty quickly, but Sydney denied having spoken with Heather that night or being near Peachtree landing. But Mm. Police went looking in the phone records as they usually do, as they tend to do. Right. And they found something interesting because around 1.35 a.m., Heather received and made a bunch of calls to a payphone, like a suspicious number of calls. Like she called the payphone nine times. Why would she do that? It is weird, but it would make sense if someone's controlling wife is checking their phone records to utilize a payphone. Just where my head goes. Right. And someone's on the end of the line that you want to talk to at that payphone. So then they pulled up some good old camera footage and footage shows a man walking up to that payphone. So they call Sydney back in for questioning. He tells them, the police, that he and Tammy were running errands that night. He said they went to Walmart for wait for it. A pregnancy test. Dun, dun, dun. And he said it was for Tammy, but we'll get back to yeah, that. And also because that's sus. Very sus. And also if Walmart is your alibi, you and you in danger. That's I just <laughs> imagine that will fall through. That is so true. And so then he eventually admitted to calling Heather that night. And he said at first that he asked her to leave him alone. Now, Heather's roommate said that she also got a hysterical call from Heather 
like early that morning. And she said that Heather said that the only reason she picked up the phone was because Sydney was calling from a number that wasn't his. Like if he was calling from his number, she wouldn't have picked mm-hmm. up. They broke up. Um, and apparently he said that he left his wife and he wanted to see her and be with her. This is uh, the friend Brianna. So she believed that Heather really was not intending to get back with Sydney that night. Um, and they, they'd had this like whole conversation and, and Brianna was like, just don't do it. And, and Heather basically made it seem to her like she was not. Mm-hmm. So surveillance footage does actually show Sydney and Tammy buying a pregnancy test from Walmart, as they said. And then he and Tammy drove to the payphone where Sydney made that call to Heather. Mm. Yeah. And the calls last until 2.09 in the morning. But Heather then continued calling him from like 3.17 to 3.21 a.m. So they talked for four minutes and then Heather began driving to Peachtree Landing. Once she got there, she continued calling. Um, and then at 3.41 a.m., her phone died. Oof. And guess who lived close to Peachtree Landing? Hmm. Not yeah, J-Lo. You already know. <laughs> yeah, y'all know. Y'all already yeah, know. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> and interestingly, police caught a certain black car heading to Peachtree Landing and then also heading in the opposite direction at 3.45 a.m. So they searched the Moore's home. They found interesting things. Number one is that the couple installed a new security system after December 20th, which was when the police first visited them. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a day after Heather was reporting Mm -hmm. this. So they found these people really quick. And then remember that new truck, the Ford F-150? So that truck had GPS on it that had only been disengaged one time, which was the night that Heather went missing. Yeah. Now, why would you do that? Why? Oh, why? Please. Would you disengage your GPS? Riddle us that. I mean, and also (laughs) very interesting that I'm like, y'all Google. So y'all probably Googled how to do like what to do the steps to disengage the GPS while doing a kidnapping. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was a lot of asking Jeeves over there on beach. (laughs) Jeeves. So not surprisingly, like Sarah said, there's not a ton of people that were pinpointed to this, namely just two people. <laughs> so an arrest was made. Sydney and Tammy were arrested uh, February 2014th and charged with both murder and kidnapping. From the get-go, the murder charges were like, they were later dropped due to a lack of evidence, uh, but they still went to trial. because right, Heather's... Heather still hasn't been found and there was no, like, like we said, blood or really physical evidence. Yeah, it's not the wood chipper murder where there was no body needed. Oh my God. Uh, the murder charges. Yeah. Like we said, there's no evidence, but they still went to trial over the kidnapping charges. As the police investigated the Moore's motive, they found out that uh, Heather was gaining weight prior oh. to her disappearance. I mean, also, that's my biggest fear. People are like, oh, he was gaining weight before he disappeared. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. But it fits in <laughs> with this, the Walmart pregnancy test. <clears throat> Apparently, a coworker at the Tilted Kilt said that Heather took a pregnancy test and it was inconclusive. So Interesting. Maybe this pregnancy test that Sydney bought at Walmart, was on camera buying, was for Heather and not Tammy. Oh, that tracks me. Tracks pretty hard. 
Uh, so Sydney went on trial. And also, why are you buying a pregnancy test for someone else in the middle of the night? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't doesn't really make sense to me. And also, like, I feel Heather would just have taken another test on her own to get the like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so Sydney went on to trial in June 2016 via his defense attorney. Uh, this is what was said, quote unquote, there was no hard evidence of guilt to me. There was a bunch of bad character evidence and there was a tremendous amount of circumstantial evidence. You mean the life you live? <laughs> <laughs> the choices you've made that got us to this point. Oh, my God. Your weird wife. Oh, God. So the jury couldn't reach a verdict and therefore a mistrial was declared. All right. But then in August 2017, so about a year later from the first trial, Sydney was charged with obstruction of justice for lying to the police. And for that, he was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison. And I think that had to do with like all the times he said to the police, like, no, I didn't talk to Heather that night and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. For basically every single thing he said to the police. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, After that, Tammy went to trial for kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap in October, 2018. So again, about a year after uh, Sydney was charged, the prosecution put forth the idea that Heather and Sydney began, uh, the, the prosecution put forth the idea that Tammy and Sydney began stalking Heather to find out her routines and whereabouts to kind of get the, you know, kind of to see where she goes day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets a little intense with that, Tammy. Uh, so they did all that. And on November 2nd, 2013, a little after their breakup back in the day, Sydney and Tammy's cell phone began to ping near Heather. Yeah, so there were all these, there was all this like cell phone like pinging evidence mm-hmm. um, that like the prosecution was laying out. And then, and then things got more dramatic, if you can believe it. Be dramatic. Super dramatic because after the state rested its case, Tammy said that she wanted to testify, which like is you like, it's not common. Like, I feel like defendants don't usually testify because it's pretty. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I watch lawyer TikTok. That's all you need. <laughs> that's a that's a legal degree now. Basically, I mean, but it's just rare that you're going to say something that's going to help your case. And this was one of those times, um, especially because the night before that, Tammy was supposed to take the stand. She did an interview with ABC News, which violated a gag order that had already been put in place. And so it's like, you know, she's not supposed to talk to the press. So she denied everything, basically. And then she got on the stand and she at first was kind of like sympathetic and people were going with her. But then she just kind of dug her own grave. Mm -hmm. So she did say, um, I think this was an interview, but she she basically was like, oh, we would never like kidnap or kill someone. And she said, we're not those kind of people. I've never even had a speeding ticket. She also said, I didn't even have sex until I was 18 years old. Like, okay. And right, like that doesn't that, that doesn't really correlate with kidnapping and murdering. Yeah. And she took the stand and they just po- kind of just poked holes in what she was saying and Initially, Tammy had made social media posts and sent texts that kind of could account for her whereabouts on the night that Heather went missing. But it was discovered that there was a gap in her posts that kind of lined up with when Heather could have actually disappeared. Yeah, that's why you don't just 
you know, Foursquare can't be your alibi. What can I say? <laughs> oh, God, TBT. Right. So then after about four hours of deliberation, Tammy was found guilty and she was sentenced to two concurrent 30 year sentences. Boom. And then in September 2019, Sydney got his retrial. This time there was a few pieces of new evidence. So the first was that a cousin of Tammy's who ABC notes was a convicted criminal. But like, I actually don't see how that's super relevant. No. Anyway, a cousin of Tammy's testified that in 2014, Sydney had showed him a picture of Heather on his phone. And in this picture, she did not appear to be alive. Oh, God. Yeah. So that is really not good. And also, remember that new security system that the Moors installed? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it captured Sydney washing and vacuuming out his car shortly after the police visited. Hmm. Like, you fucking idiots. Like, you truly idiots. Turn the camera off again. <laughs> Why were you so, I mean, it's just so funny to me. Like, they get this new, like, I, I mean, I don't know that it was a ring, but, you know, just for the purposes of this exercise, like you get a ring and then you're like, oh, let me dispose in front of incriminating evidence in front of this camera. After, you know, the police are looking for or looking for information about you like idiots. So what's interesting about the video is that it actually was not allowed to be used in the first trial because they were just like, oh, like the judge was like, oh, this is not relevant. Like anybody could be vacuuming out a new car, whatever. Um, But the reason that it was used in the second trial was because they later realized that you could also see Sydney burning the rags that he used to clean the truck. So, I mean, the defense argued that that was not weird and the neighbors regularly used burn piles. But I mean, how how often are you burning rags that you use to clean out a car that was already pretty new. Exactly. And also it's again, one of those things, you got a lot of things lining up that point to one direction. Like, Oh, now you're burning your rags today. Why would you be burning that? Right. The day after the police are here. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally normal. And also video footage showed Tammy and her sister, Ashley searching the yard with mirrors, but I don't know what that would do. Like, why would you? I don't know why you would search it with mirrors. I wonder if it like flat surface or they put her or, 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 or they were looking for a reflection, a reflective thing. If they something was buried. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But they were caught doing that. So that seems kind of weird. Um, the sister said that Tammy was weeding the garden. Didn't really know anything about the mirrors. Yeah, but if any of you are that. active weeders in your garden, let us know if you use mirrors, <laughs> I guess. Active weeders. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in any case, the jury found Sydney guilty and he got the same sentence as Tammy. It was the 30 year, two 30 year sentences that are served concurrently. Um, The Moors, classically, are appealing the decision and they still say they had nothing to do with Heather's disappearance. It's like just it's it's done, people. It is game. Like, just give it up. Game mother effing over. Yeah, I mean, I really feel there is no way with this case not to, I mean, I feel align with what the evidence has shown. Yeah. I mean, even though it's circumstantial, this just seems so sketchy to me that I don't need, like if I was on that jury, I wouldn't need physical evidence to convict. No, no. I would just be like, uh, yeah. And also then again, being like, oh, so there's this video of you cleaning out your car after the cops came 
and the rag and the practice test. And, and your wife was like being really menacing towards this girl. And you were maybe stalking her to try to pin down her routine. Mm-hmm. And you were calling her from a payphone the night that she went missing. Like, forget yeah. it's done. Like, and your you wife know, harassed her over. for months before. Yeah, it's All right. Case closed. Bring in the dancing bring lobsters. Bring in the dancing lobsters. And if they have lobsters that tilt to kill, we'll take an order of those two. Oh <laughs> yeah, but this, I mean, this is really interesting. Interesting and like very sad case. I know. It's just one of those things that's so hard when it's just like, if this couple could have just been like, all right, we're done. Or, okay, he cheats because it didn't seem like he was going to be changing his ways at all. Right. And now this is the outcome of it. Right. I also have to say, like, I'm hoping that the prison time will make them crack and they will just say what happened. Do you know? Because at that point, 30 years, you're going to wait 30 years. Just, you literally have nothing to lose by not being honest right i think some people um are saying that if their appeal gets denied maybe they'll talk um or i wonder if one will turn on the other if that could right i don't know i i'm also gonna say like if if there's all this sketchy evidence against you and you're saying i had nothing to do with it i'm gonna need some kind of alternative theory I'm, i know you're not usually allowed to present those in trial but like <laughs> i need to hear it like you broke the gag order already to talk to the press so i'm gonna need to know what other evidence you got yeah you gotta show us you gotta bring some some something to the ante over for us yeah right it's like when your friends are trying to choose a dinner restaurant you can't just veto all the suggestions you have to offer up something wait that's actually the realest thing ever and i have people that do that and it gets very annoying it's so annoying and then i become the bitch i was like well where do you want to go and then that ends up then then i'm then i'm the bitch (laughs) that that i feel like that always happens to me it's hard it is hard. It is hard. But what was not very hard is solving this case, which mm-hmm. I mean, I think we did it just us by ourselves. We really we cracked this code. We are paying Lindsay right now. <laughs> Seems open and shut to me. I don't have any lingering questions except for what actually happened. And I feel like the family deserves that. They definitely do. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for that suggestion. Yeah. Again, DM us. I didn't actually expect this case to be so so like uh, kind of cut and dry because there was there were like a lot of articles about it and it was really high profile and it's hard because you're so used to disappearances having so little clarity unfortunately because there's just so they go cold there's not much to work mm-hmm. with this one kind of had everything just laid out right there yeah I'm, i mean i'm glad that there's some semblance of justice and maybe yeah. we'll get a murder charge i hope so yeah. at some point who knows yeah What we do know is that we have Jorge with uh, one heck of a game. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. What's up? Yeah, this... I think I have that same side table as you. Oh, you do? It's... <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's very convenient. It does. Yes. Look, I mean, side tables usually are. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can tell our brains are broken. <laughs> as I was uh, looking up this case, I was actually pretty surprised by the Tilted Kilt as a restaurant name Mm -hmm. pretty bizarrely solid name for a restaurant yep i went on a wild goose chase across the internet to compile a list of best restaurant names in america oh my god you know which one i love from the austin yogurt shop murders that was like i can't believe it's yogurt (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) was a favorite 
I still think about that. <laughs> that, one, that one was a solid one. So what I did fun. today is I picked the eight best names that I could find. Ooh, I oh made a little mini bracket. So we're going to go through it together <laughs> and we're going to decide which <laughs> restaurant truly has the best name in America. Ooh. Wow. So they have been randomly paired up. And uh, we okay. will choose one of them to go on to the next round until there is only one restaurant name left. There can only Let's be one. Go. All right. First up, we have... Uh, I'm going to struggle getting through these. I love these all so much. All right. First up, we have <laughs> the Garden of Eaton. Ooh. <laughs> that is a deli in Warwick, New York. Ooh. Against Kale Me Crazy. Which is a coffee shop that sells healthy smoothies in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, my gosh. I love the deli one. I was going to say, I have to go Garden of Eaton. Garden of Eaton. Yeah, I mean, how do you beat that? That is just so good. It's also in, like, upstate New York, so you know it's it's probably a garden itself. It's just, it's it's perfect. Oh, I immediately right? Googled, search Warwick, New York, and I want to go there. <laughs> So here I am. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have two places from Nevada. We have mm. Nacho Daddy. <laughs> oh my god! Just <laughs> a Mexican eatery in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, it's gotta oh, be. God. And we also have the Codfather, which is oh, a fish and chips tough. place. It's a truck that sells fish and chips in Reno, Nevada. Dang, that's tough. Oh, no. I think I need to do Codfather. I love Nacho Daddy, but <laughs> Jorge, are you the tiebreaker? Uh, yeah, if you guys are split, I will I will cast the deciding vote. Okay, where do you go? Yes. You're sticking with Nacho Daddy, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, look, I won't be disappointed either way it goes because they're both great. I think I got to go with the Codfather. Thank yeah. you. I'll allow it. It's, it's a good it's one. It's such a good name. Nacho Daddy is good, but I feel Codfather is more original and I agree. puts an extra oomph into it. I could, I could see that. Okay. Next up, we have the notorious PIGBBQ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from Missoula, Montana. Or notorious Vincent Van Donut from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I'm doing uh, notorious. Oh, really? Same. I was yeah. so yeah. sure Vincent Van Donut will win your hearts, but I guess I guess no. Not. It's like a little bit too much going on because like, it, it was a little forced. They should have done Vincent Van Doe, but then they added yes. on the nuts, and I'm they were and nuts for too that because it, right. it, right. it lost there me. It lost me. There we go. <laughs> lost me at the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our final two entrants in this bracket we have turn up the beat. Like B-E-E-T. Mm. Double pun. <laughs> Double pun. I like it. Double that is true. Which, according to them, is a fresh, creative, casual health food restaurant in Washington. Pretty okay. Cool. And the next one is 9021FO, a restaurant chain <laughs> in <laughs> LA that sells, you guessed it, faux noodles. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. I do love that. Because it takes also the zip, co- the famous zip code in LA. That's true. And I also love pho. I love that one. All right. I think we have a clear winner this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are through to the semifinals. Oh, shit. And for this one, we have 
the Garden of Eden, the deli in Warwick against the Codfather, mm. the fish and chips truck in Reno. Mm. I'm sticking with Garden of Eden. Hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. I'm literally I'm literally on their menu right now. <laughs> I'm into it. Garden of Eden is through to the finals where they will face either the notorious PIG BBQ or 90214. Oh shit. Let's see. Oh. I gotta give it up to my 90214. I'm also doing that. <laughs> All right. My dog, I think, agrees with us. 90214 Ooh, yeah. is the way to go. Okay, we are through to the finals of the best restaurant name in America. We have the Garden of Eaton against Nano Two One Fo. Oh, it's tough. Wait, on the count of three, Sarah. Let's say it at the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. Garden of Eaton. Oh, I, I, because I know I'm still on the menu. They have great options, but I had to go 90214. Wow, we have a split finals. Well, I think since this is the finals, my vote shouldn't count. I think we need to turn it to the listeners. Paul, okay, yes. Let's do a poll. Please, listeners, go to our Instagram, not another true crime, and vote for the best restaurant name in America. We will announce the winners next week. Yes, I'm ah, so yeah, curious. That's so fun. Oh my god, now I need to go eat foe too. Also, if any of these restaurants wants to send us food, you <laughs> oh. know, that could influence the voting or just saying. Oh, please. I would actually take food from Garden of Eden because I don't know how well foe flies out. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's from true. LA. So a little cold. Yeah, that a little is cold. true. Oh man. Now I want to go visit all these places. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. And also start my own restaurant with like a pun name. That's so right. Good. Damn. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you guys for listening to this kind of short and quick episode, but but lots lots to talk about. Full of full of full of information, full of uh journeys. And also I want to know too if anyone has any fun local uh restaurants because I feel like local places do have some silly moments. Let us know too, because I'm just curious now. Yes. Oh, wait. I thought you were going to say fun local murders. And I was like, no. (laughs) You know, any like fun and flirty, you know, vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Some some little fun, untimely deaths. No, my God. (laughs) But yes, please vote on our Instagram story. Not another true crime. We're going to probably put that up on Monday and we'll let you guys know who wins. And then you can also send your suggestions there or you can join our group. Not another true crime group. We have a very long thread going of disappearances, which is very fun because then you can go down a rabbit hole. Oh, the Reddit is open. <laughs> the <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is waiting for us. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we will be back next time. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.